in his ways, right? So we lack, or the lack of honor is a major key in why the power of God isn't unleashed in the church today. Right? Amen? You're going to get quieter later. This is a toe stomp of message. You'll get quieter later. I expect you to. But right now, here's where we're at, okay? So this is the reason the lack of honor is a major key to why the church is, the, the power of God isn't unleashed in the church today or the power of God isn't flourishing in the church today, right? We're not living the fullest, the fullest that God has for us. Amen? We're a dishonorable society. Wouldn't you agree to that? We must build a church and we must build a, a culture that empowers people, though, not enslaves people. If you come in and you just sit in the little blue chair and I feed you and I can feed you and I can feed you and I can feed you, and what happens if you just sit in the chair and you, and you eat and you eat and you eat and you eat and you eat? And you, eat? you get fat, right? And when you get fat, you're enslaved to that thing because you'll sit here and you'll, and you'll be dependent on that thing, and we never do anything with that. That's what I'm talking about by, by being enslaved. We don't do anything with that, right? To empower someone, we have to train. We come in, we sit in the little blue chairs, we're fed, and then we get up and we do something with it. We train in those things. An athlete, if they want to gain power, what do they got to do? They train, they lift weights, they run. They, they, they train in whatever sport it is that they play in, right? So we have to empower people today by training people, right? And today we're going to train on honor. We're going to put our honor to work. We're going to put our honor to the test. Anybody ready for this? I'm sure that you guys honor everybody all the time, right? You honor God, you honor the house of God, you honor, you honor the man of God, you honor the, your, your fellow servants all the time perfectly, and we don't have to even go any further. But I'm going to just for my sake. The definition of honor is high respect, esteem, value, revere, hold in high regard. To hold in high regard God's standards, right? That's what we're talking about today. When you honor, it releases the power of God, right? When you honor the man of God, it releases the power of God. It releases or unlocks the anointings, the giftings, and the talents that are in his life. I'm going to show you this in Scripture today, right? When you dishonor the man of God, you shut down the power of God from working through him in that area, in that time. Jesus is our example, right? In Mark 6, 1 through 5, it says this. Got it? Okay. Then he, he's capitalized being Jesus, he, then Jesus went out from there and came to his own country, and his own disciples followed him, or and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. They were amazed by this, saying, where did this man get these things, and, and what wisdom is, is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Can you imagine if Jesus was here today preaching? You would be amazed by this, right? You'd be astonished by this. Better than any preacher you've ever heard, better than anyone on, on the planet, Jesus Christ was here today to preach for you. Can you imagine the amazement that you would have by that? He walked down the seashore and called men who were in family businesses who, who had to own boats and the fishing equipment stuff. They must have been fishermen for generations. And he could walk down the seashore and say, lay that down and follow me. So imagine if he was here, here today to preach for us on this day. And those men followed. They responded to that, him saying, lay it down and follow me. So they were astonished by these things, by his wisdom and the, and, and the mighty works, the mighty works that he's performing. Jesus healed people, did he not? He, he was in the ministry, right? So in 2 says, and when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. Oh, I've already read this one. I need three. Is this not the, the carpenter, the son of, they realized who he was in the flesh. 
They stopped looking at the spiritual man. And the spiritual man, he was amazing them. He was astonishing them. Healings were happening. All these things were going on spiritually in the church in that day. Are you following me? And then they began to look at him in the flesh. And the brother of James, is he not the son of the carpenter and of Mary? And brother of James, uh, Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us. So they were offended with him. Because they started looking at this man in the flesh, Jesus Christ, they were offended with him, right? And verse 4 says this. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house, right? Without honor. Jesus, so he was working mighty works. He was preaching and he was amazing. But then they were offended at him. And he was without honor, right? And let's see what happens next. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Read that with me right there. He could do no. He could do no. He could do none. He couldn't do any mighty works there except just a few. Where at? Where could he do no mighty works at? There with the people who showed him no honor. They had no honor for Jesus Christ, so he could do no mighty works there. He went on other places and did him mighty works, right? But not there where he was dishonored at, right? So if Jesus could do no mighty works, how, it work, how will it work for the pastor or for the teacher or for the church leaders of today or the church body of today when we're a dishonorable society? A dishonorable society that's leaked inside of the church, dishonorable inside the walls of the church, inside the body of the church, talking about one another. You can't talk about someone and be honoring them, right? Most of the time when you're talking about someone, you think you're better than that person. So I'm rising myself up above you if I'm talking about you. Does that make sense? So if I think I'm better than you are and I'm rising myself above you, how would I honor you? How would I hold you in high regard and esteem you? Think about these things. How will it work for us today if it didn't work for Jesus, right? We want God's power. We want God's blessing. We want God's glory. We want the healing to happen, right? We want to work our authority. We have to give him the honor that he deserves first. The honor, all honor is to God. The, all the glory be to God, right? I'm not talking about me honoring me as a man. I'm talking about my honor in the office because we honor God, not because I'm honorable, because we're honorable. Does that make sense? You don't honor a man because he's honorable. You honor him because you're honorable. Because of God, because of the position, because of the office, right? And because of the body. We're all in a position. We're all part of the body. I don't dishonor my feet just because I think of less of them than my head. By honoring the pastors and the teachers and the leaders, we're honoring the office. When we honor the body, our children. Think about this. We want our kids to grow up and be part of the body, don't we? How do we talk to them? How do we talk to our spouse? How do we deal with other people? Are we honoring people, right? Do we honor the house of God? The building I'm talking about, the four walls that we set inside of. Do we honor this place as a holy place set aside for God? Do we honor this? When we, when we, honor, God, when, when we honor these things, we're ultimately honoring God. You're not honoring this building, building to honor a building. You're honoring the building to honor God. Does that make sense? Whoever receives honor should humbly accept it and give it to God. Lord, thank you for letting me hold this honor. Thank you for letting me taste this honor. But Lord, all the honor belongs to you. It's yours. You take it. Whoever honors will receive honor from God. You don't receive, you don't receive from the person that you honor or the office that you honor. You may receive in some ways, but for your honor, you receive from God, right? God, God blesses, and I'll show you this in Scripture. 
Hannah. Everybody knows who Hannah was, right, in the Bible? She was a woman without a son, right? In that day, that would have been a shame to her. In 1 Samuel 17, or 1 Samuel 1, I'm sorry, we're going to read 13 through 17 and 20. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her, lip, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. She was in severe distress right here. You've been there, right? When you're right next to crying and, you, and, and your lips are moving maybe, but, but there's no words coming out. Anybody ever experienced that? You get it. She was in severe distress right here. But her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Now imagine this today in today's setting. If this was the woman who was born in the United States of America, and I would have been the priest because I'm the pastor of the church, and she was in here praying, and, and she was so distressed that, that she's pouring her heart out to God. And I said, woman, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put the bottle away and do something about this. What do you think I would have heard? I would have heard a lot of things come out of her mouth. It sure wouldn't have been honor. The last thing that I would have heard come from this woman would have been honor. But she honored Eli anyway. <clears throat> See what she says to him. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord. No, my Lord. This, this word Lord right here is honor or high regard. She paid Eli honor anyway, not because he was being honorable, but because Hannah was honorable. And because she honored the priest, she ultimately honored God. Are you following me? No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have not drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. <clears throat> Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint... And grief I have spoken until now. In 17. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked him. It unlocked this blessing. It unlocked the blessing that was in the priest. You see, the anointing flows through the priest or through the pastor. The anointing flows through those things into the body. Just like it flows from God into Jesus into the body. Are you following me? Does that make sense? So in verse 20, he says, it says this. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Because she was there praying, because she honored the man of God. You may, have said, you may say, well, Pastor, that would have happened anyway because she was there and she prayed to, prayed to God, and that's why she had a son. But let's look at another example. Michael, the daughter of Saul, the wife of David, right? 2 Samuel 6. 20 through 23 says this. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. David came back from a battle, and they had won the battle, so he was giving God the glory for the battle, and he, was, he, was, he had disrobed and was dancing before God. He wasn't dancing before men. He wasn't dancing for Michael. He was dancing for God. He was giving God the glory for the big victory that God had given to him. Then David, oh, 
So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all of his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. I'm going to serve God anyway. I'm going to give God the glory anyway, David was saying to her. I don't care what you think about it. I don't care how, 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 how you think I, I put myself down or, or how mad you are because I'm naked in front of these people. I'm going to serve God anyway. I'm going to praise God. I'm giving him the honor anyway. And, and I will be even more undignified than this. And I will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. People are still going to honor him anyway, he's saying, because of the honor he paid to God. And 23, therefore Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Because why? She dishonored man's God, right? Or God's man. The Bible says that David was the man after God's own heart, right? So she had no children. That would have been a shame. Even though she was the queen of the nation, she would have been shamed in her nation. Something to be embarrassed of. Right? The rest of her life. When we, when we honor a godly man or, or women, right? It unlocks whatever's into them, into us, into our lives. Onto us and onto our lives, right? When we dishonor a godly man or woman, we're cut off or we're cursed. We're cut off from the blessing in our own life. Does that make sense to you? Did I say that in the right way? We've seen examples now in Jesus, Hannah, Michael. I got some more examples for you, right? Are you ready for these? I'm not going to read them in the scripture because it'll take me too long. Uh, when Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses, what happened? Miriam become leprous. Remember that? Numbers 12, 9 and 10. When the elders, Korah, the el Korah and the elders, uh, there was 250 of them, spoke against Moses, what happened? The earth opened up and swallowed them. Numbers 16, 23 through 30. When the children mocked Elisha, what happened to them? Two she-bears came out of the woods, and it says, the King James says, it tear 42 kids. I looked at the word tear up in the King James. It says it ripped them open. That word tear means to rip them open because they dishonored the man of God. 2 Kings 2, 23 and 24. When Judas turned, to, turned against Jesus, he was so convicted, he committed suicide, right? He hung himself, Matthew 27 and 5, right? It was for the same reason, reason that David wouldn't touch Saul. He knew that Saul was God's anointed. God put David in that position, right? He wouldn't touch Saul. David had a, an army of 300 men. Saul had an army of 3,000 men. They were hunting David down. The Bible said that it caused a deep sleep, that God caused a deep sleep to come over Saul, and he fell asleep. And David the first time went in and cut a piece of his clothing off. Immediately, David was so convicted about dishonoring the man of God by, by cutting his clothing off, he was just trying to say to David, I'm not your enemy. Saul, this could have been your head. I could have killed you on this day, but I'm not your enemy. I just want to show you this. I'm not your enemy. He dishonored him just that much to cut his clothing, and he was convicted immediately. So the next time that, that, that Saul was in David's hands, what did he do? He took the water jug, right, just to prove that he was there. Just to prove that he was there, but he wouldn't touch Saul. Romans 12, this goes further than the man of God and the, and the house of God and all these things. Romans 13, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, oh, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. What are the governing authorities? Think about that. Governing authorities. That's your president of the United States. Let everyone be subject unto him, right? That's your police chief. Politicians. 
your boss at work, your parents, you fill in the blank, your principal at school. Governing authorities is anyone who's put in a position that's above you. What's it say about that? Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. God put each person who has authority in that position of authority. That's why, we're, that's why we show them honor, right? Except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God, only by God. And verse 2, Therefore, whoever resists the authority risks the ordinances of God. Resist the ordinances of God when we resist authority. When I resist my boss at work, think about this. Think about that. I resist, I resist the ordinances of God. God puts these things in order. He puts these things in place. I don't know why he puts things in place like this, but he's God. He gets to choose what he wants to do. This is how he set it up, though, and this is how we have to live by it, church. Ordinances of God and those who resist will, will bring judgment on themselves. On themselves. It's not your boss who brings judgment against you. It's you who are bringing judgment. It's me who are bringing judgment against myself. So when we dishonor authority, remember there's no honor or there's no authority above us that's not from God, right? We dishonor God, though. When we dishonor any kind of authority, we dishonor God, right? Just like with David and Saul. He wouldn't dishonor Saul because he didn't want to dishonor God, right? But the elders, they did choose to dishonor Moses, and the ground opened up and swallowed them. Think about that. It's the same way in the church today. If you speak against the pastor, you're dishonoring God. God put me in this position. He puts pastors in the position. You wouldn't feel the spirit moving in the church if, the God, if the God hadn't called the pastor who's in the church. Does that make sense? Think about that. It also goes further than that. When you speak against the people that, that the pastor appoints, I knew it would get quiet during this part. When you speak against the people that the pastor appoints, you're ultimately speaking against the pastor. You're ultimately speaking against God. Think about it. What does it say here? You bring judgment on yourself. There's a difference between honor and obedience, though. Because honor is an attitude. Honor is an attitude that you bring. Obedience is an action. Obedience means you step out on that, right? So if a leader is immoral, illegal, illegal, I'm talking about according to the statutes of God, illegal, unethical, you can refuse respectfully. Does that make sense? You don't have to dishonor that person. You can refuse respectfully. Here's an, another biblical example. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? They weren't obedient to the king. Their actions weren't toward the king. Obedience is an action. They wouldn't bow down to his, to his statue, right? They were honorable. They said their attitude was honorable. They said, oh, great king, it doesn't matter if you kill us or not. We're still not bound out of the statue. We believe in one God and only one God, and that's the God that we'll serve, right? They didn't honor the king because he was honorable. Their attitude wasn't honorable toward the king because he was honorable. Their attitude was honorable toward the king because they were honorable. Does that make sense? They honored the king because they were honorable. Honoring lost souls. This is talking about people outside of the church. Honoring lost souls opens the heart to salvation. This goes out into the world. It goes everywhere. You, when, you, when you talk bad to the server at the restaurant you go to today, you shut down your witness immediately. When you dishonor that person, you shut off the, the, God's ability to be able to use you in that situation. Yes. Are you following me? But when you honor lost souls, it opens the hearts to salvation. Look what Jesus Christ did. Jesus Christ came and honored you when you didn't deserve honor. We were sinners, and he honored us with his life. Came and died on the cross. 
because he was honorable. Not because I was honorable, but because of his honor, right? But dishonor closes the door for God to use you in those situations. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, look what happened after they said that. Oh, great king, we're not going to do this. What happened after that? The king made a decree that they could only serve their God because they were honorable, right? They only worshiped just that one God. You might think, though, that why would God put, could put bad people in authority then? Why is my boss the way he is? I've got bosses who will lie. We change bosses around sometimes. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, boss, I may not be talking about you, but I might be. The shoe fits, put it on and wear it around for a little while. I've had bosses that lie to me. I've had bosses that cheat. I've had bosses that steal from the company. Why would God put people like that in, in the leadership? Think about that. So that we can come in contact with them. He puts people in authority, though. He, he doesn't, he, the leaders choose good or evil. He puts people in authority. And here's an example of that, too. He gives gifts and abilities. He gives musical. Some people can sing beautifully. Some people, Sister Delaney can play the piano beautifully. Think about that. She could use that for God. She could use that gift and that ability to praise and worship God. Or she could use it to play secular music and chase after the enemy. Are you following what I'm saying? God puts people in positions. He gives people authority. And it's up to them how they use the authority. Pages are sticking together. Look at this. I might even get you out of here on time. The Bible speaks of honoring and reverencing God. Guess how many times? Nine. Honoring and reverencing God nine times. Honoring and reverencing Christ seven times. Honoring and reverencing the man of God five times. Honoring and reverencing God's sanctuary three times. Now think about this. When he spoke to Moses from the burning bush, what did he tell him? He said, take your shoes off, Moses. This place is holy. What made that place holy? Was it because Moses was out there herding sheep around a bush? Was it the sand in the ground? Was it the bush itself? It was because God was there, right? God showed up right there, and that's what made that place holy. And he said, take your shoes off, Moses, because this place is holy. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been in this church right here in a church service and not felt the presence of God? He meets us here. He's not, he's not contained to this building. He doesn't live inside this building, but he meets us here. So wouldn't you consider this place holy, right? So when you come in, take your shoes off. Put your coffee down. Take your hat off. Don't throw trash on the floor. Don't clip your fingernails. I don't want to pick your fingernails up anymore, whoever you're doing it. I don't like picking up your fingernails. It's gross. I don't, I don't expect that most of you would come into my house with this behavior. Most of you wouldn't come in to visit me and set my living room and clip your fingernails on the floor. So why wouldn't you reverence the house of God more than you reverence a man's house? Think about that. We have to reverence the house of God. When our standards are allowed to be lower, it's hard to get them back. Right? But that's exactly what we have to do today, church. Our standards have been dropped down here. You follow what I'm saying? Of honor. Our standards of honor are down here. We're a dishonorable church. We live in a dishonorable society, and we've taken on the form of the world for far too long. And that's a hard thing to get back, but church, that's exactly what we need to do here today. We have to get our honor back. We have to begin to honor each other, honor the people of the world, honor the man of God, honor the house of God, honor our children, our spouses. Honor. Think about how much better your marriage would be if you honored your spouse all the time. Think about that. 
how much fuller the church would be if we were all full of honor, honoring each other all the time, right? It's hard to get those things back, but that's exactly what we need to do. We need to raise our standards, right? We have to discipline ourselves to get our standards raised. Discipline isn't a fun thing most of the time. We also have to discipline our children to get our standards raised. Of honor, I'm talking about. Show honor. Discipline our children. Show them how to show honor. Teach them how. You know why our children don't honor us? Because they don't see us honor. They don't see us honoring people. You know why the children don't honor the house of God? Because of you. Because of me. We don't show them that we honor those things. We don't hold them in a high regard and a high esteem. You know why kids are leaving the church? Because we don't honor the man of God. What makes you think your kids are going to stay up and be raised here when you don't make them come here anymore when you haven't honored them for the last 20 years? You haven't shown any honor for the place, the man that's here, or anything. You haven't shown any honor for the office. Are you following me? What makes you think they're going to continue to live this lifestyle? Church, it's on us. We've got to get our standard of honor back up here. Close as we can get to God's standard. Not going to make it, but we've got to try. It's a hard thing to do, church. Could we ask God to help us with that today? Could we all bow our heads today? Bow your head today and ask him to help you to show honor, to live an honorable life. Even when you're around people who aren't honorable, they're not honorable, but you're honorable. Because you're honoring him. Because you're showing off his glory and his virtue and his standards every day of your life. That's what this is about, isn't it? Changing to look more like him. This is a huge key in this thing right here. If we would learn to honor each other, honor the man of God, honor the woman of God, honor our spouses, there would be so much more love shown in our relationships, in our church. Think about this. It's a huge key in unleashing the power of the Holy Ghost and fire inside of our church. We say we want that. Everybody says, oh yeah, I want to have a revival. I want a Holy Ghost runaway kind of church. What are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? We come to church so many times so we can talk about people when we leave. If you're gossiping, it's impossible to be showing honor. Impossible. Repent today. Repent today. Ask for his help to get it turned around to remind you every time your mouth starts to open and say something dishonorable, every time your actions start to show that of disobedience, remember, you're not honoring the person. You honor God. Amen. And I honor God because I am honorable. Could go ahead and close in prayer today. Daddy, we thank you for this day, Lord, and we love you. We praise your mighty name, Lord. I thank you for your word, Father God. I thank you that you've chosen me, Lord, to use me in your body, Lord, to feed your sheep, Daddy. We thank you for these things, Father. And Lord, I just praise your mighty name, Father. I pray that you'll protect us this week, Father. Protect us from evil, Lord. Protect us physically, Father God. Protect us mentally, financially, Father God. Lord, draw us near to you, Dad. We pray these things to you in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray that you would teach us to honor one another this week, Father God, to teach us to honor authorities this week, Father God, to honor you, Daddy, to honor your house, Father God. And, Lord, I pray that you would remind us that when we're, when we're honorable, Lord, our, our children are, showing, are shown that example, Lord, of being honorable, Daddy. Lord, we pray these things to you in Jesus' mighty name, Father. Have your way on this day. Amen.